and welcome back to The Brunch Files, where we serve up bottomless, brunch-worthy topics about life in your 30s. We're your hosts, Rachel and Tegan, and on the menu today, we're talking all things rest, recovery, and self-care. Yeah, that's it. We thought we're both coming off the back of two, a couple of um, hectic weeks, so we thought this is a timely episode, not just for our listeners, but also for us. So if you listened to last week's episode, you might have heard my voice was quite croaky. It still is a little bit, but I basically just had the most insane week where I jam-packed every free moment. You're definitely burning the candle at both ends. and I was like teaching my um, fitness classes before and after my normal job and then we crammed in some social things and my own exercise in there. The weekend, I just didn't even have time to sit down and like I wasn't even responding to people's messages because I literally had no time. I went from like teaching four classes to a first birthday party to visiting friends who'd moved house to then teaching again the next morning. And it was just like crazy. And I got to Monday and I was so unproductive at work. Mm. I was just, I couldn't do, I didn't do my training. I, I was a mess and I just needed time. Like I ended up having to cancel evening plans because I was just totally burnt out. Yeah, you need that rest. Mm. So important. Yeah, and your voice was all croaky as well. <laughs> not great for a not podcast. Not the best. Yeah, I mean, I think my weeks haven't been quite as hectic as yours, but they've just been busy. I just mm-hmm. feel like there's just lots of stuff going on, both at work and outside of work, and it's just been a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got one of my um, best friends getting married in a couple of weeks, so I've been trying to help her out with a few things Rides here and there, duties. and I feel like I haven't been able to you know, give her some of that Time and energy. So, um, Alana, if you're listening, very much looking forward to your wedding in a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, so we thought today, well, what a great time. It's a good reminder for us about some of the things mm-hmm. that we can do just to get a little bit more self-care, rest, recovery in our life. And um, yeah, I guess just remind ourselves of some of the really easy things to do mm-hmm. really regularly to make sure that we are getting that break. And I think when people think self-care, they often think it has to be something that helps costs money like you know? go for a massage yeah which that can be part of it I do love is massage. one of our <laughs> topics um but there is so many more things to it than that so yeah we're going to get into it today so the first one we have was around practicing gratitude and it's not something I've probably thought too much about in terms of the context of self-care before but if you think about it and there's so much to um, research to sort of back this up around how when our minds are fixated on unpleasant things what we don't have what we can't do how difficult our lives feel you know stress hormones and things are released and in our brain cortisol is high um, increases those symptoms and sort of keeps it um, that stress as almost chronic Mm -hmm. and then on the flip side when we practice gratitude it has the opposite effect and we focus on what we do have what makes us happy what we're grateful for even if that's like the sun's out today Mm. or I had a coffee with a friend that was just so nice or um, what Paige said this week our wonderful coach she put something on her story uh, and she said you know what I don't have a toothache today it could be something as simple as that it's focusing on the positive things I have I can pour water out of a tap and drink it Mm. Um, so yeah when we focus on those things that boosts like calming and mood boost neurotransmitters and it helps our brain sort of we're on lower alert we're just decreased um decreased stress and just also that the more we focus on the positive the more our brain becomes or will i guess habitually notice those positive things throughout the day and it's it's a practice so like if you're thinking about things you're grateful for every day those those patterns then form i feel like it could be such a tough one because i know when i do my check-in every week with Paige as well that that question comes around grateful and sometimes it's so hard to think of something because you feel sometimes I think I get in my own head about it and feel like it needs to be something profound or it needs to be something like I don't know big or Mm. exciting it can't just be oh I finished my book today or I 
I'm grateful that I have legs that were able to carry me mm-hmm. through the workday. Like you feel like it has to be something big and I feel like sometimes it takes me way too long to think about it because I overthink it. Yes, because you have to think of three things and you're like, oh, what are the, what are the major things in my life yeah. that I'm grateful for right now? It's like, no, sometimes it's just oh, – there's a few times it's just been you, it, not just you, like, that sounded <laughs> negative. It's a few times it's been you like in, your, in our friendship or things like that or, you know, Andrew or Maisie or, yeah, sometimes that my body – I haven't, you know, an able body that enables me to do the exercise that I love to do. Yeah. Exactly. So it only has to be simple, but um, yeah, I think it's easy to overthink. That's it. More traditionally, we have things like prioritize doing nice things for yourself. So that can be those little pampery moments, pedicures, massages, face masks. Yes. I think, um, yeah, doing a face mask at home, going out for, um, yeah, mani-pedi, as you said. Even I find just getting my hair cut and coloured. Mm-hmm. The wash, you know, the wash or, and massage. Or just booking <laughs> yourself in for a wash and a blow wave. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's always such a bougie thing to do because mm-hmm. you only normally ever get that as part of a cut. And half the time I tell them, skip it because I'm I've got busy, no time. I've got things on. <laughs> um, but I think also it doesn't even have to be things that cost money. It could just be carving out time in your work day to go just for a walk if that's if it's a sunny day and you want to get outside and that makes you feel good make a cup cup of coffee and sit in the sun and read for a little bit yeah little I moments. do that sometimes I take yeah. a bit of cup of coffee or a cup of tea and go sit on my back deck in the mm-hmm. sun I guess it's beautiful morning sun yeah um so yeah they don't again have to be big things or expensive things but I think it's also things like looking after your health and your fitness mm. like that is an investment in yourself and in your body which mm. is you know, arguably the greatest investment you can possibly make. Yeah. And so if you're spending a little bit of extra money on really good quality foods, taking time to prep, you know, maybe meals on the weekend so you've got lunch and breakfast to grab during the week, things like that, that's that's huge for me. Mm. makes a massive difference in how I feel in myself, in how I'm able to actually look after myself during the week and make sure I am getting nutritious food. Mm. And also things like, you know, getting up and going for a walk at lunchtime. Guilty mm. of not doing that enough, mm. but actually trying to prioritise prioritize those things like that's absolute self-care yeah number three we had um valuing and protecting your time Mm. and I suppose this is quite a I don't know it's quite a broad umbrella but lots of things sort of fall into this but one of the things we've been talking we've spoken about is around hustle culture Mm. and this idea that the the society that we live in and the way that we work and I guess just like the wheels of capitalism kind of (laughs) catches up in this um yeah, we kind of get caught in the inertia of life and we kind of fall into this like fallacy that if you're resting, you're taking your foot off the gas when really mm-hmm. what you're doing is putting fuel in the tank. Yes. And that was a quote that we saw on Instagram, I think. Somewhere. <laughs> so I think it was credited. Sorry, um, so we just but liked I think it. it really encapsulates that sentiment. Mm-hmm. It's like if you demand a strong work ethic from yourself, you should also demand a strong rest ethic. Mm. Like we should be putting the same amount of attention into making sure that we are refueling as we are at, you know, everything else that we're mainly trying to do. And I think there's also that, there's that weird pressure to be busy. It's Mm. like, there's this badge of honour that like, oh, I've just been so busy. I mean, we've just done it and we have been busy. Everyone is. Yeah. Um, But it's almost like something, it's the expected response. Like I was on a Teams call at work today and we spent the first few minutes just talking about, oh, how crazy the week is and how we're glad it's Friday, but there's so much to do. And it's like this, not a competition, Mm. but it's like this constant um, pressure to be hustling. Yeah. And actually, as you've said that, I've just been thinking like, how often do we say if you get back to work on Monday, people go, what did you do on the weekend? You go, oh, we, we didn't really do much. We just had a lazy weekend. We just rested. We sort of <laughs> attach these and sort of uh, lazy has quite a negative hmm. con- connotation to it. And we attach that to a weekend 
rather than saying, oh, we, we, we had no plans this weekend and we just really took the time to rest. It's like yeah. we were lazy. Yeah. We didn't do anything all weekend. Yeah. Oh, it was boring. Like, yeah. oh, we're, we're not very interesting or, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I just kind of talk it down. Yeah, and I think under this whole banner of protecting your time is not allowing yourself to confuse free time with availability. Oh, gosh, and that's that's about how we also treat other people and their time as mm. well. Like guilty, I – you know, last week I said I jam-packed every free minute because I had, you know, you have friends being like, oh, if we have time to go for a walk or can we do this? And then um, my other job was like, oh, can we can we catch up on this, that and the other? And I'm literally looking at my calendar and I'm like, well, there's a free hour. Plug it in. Mm. And it's like actually uh, something I need to do and I need to really do it in the next couple of weeks, I think, is actually schedule in yeah. like time, like time not doing anything. You don't fill up. Yeah. Yeah which is going to be new for me, but I think I need to do it. <laughs> yeah. And that's not to say every available window has to be protected, but I think, yeah, when you – and yeah, Have a you couple. Have, <laughs> yeah, and it's okay if someone asks you to do something and to say Wednesday night that week is your only night that you have off and someone asks you to do something just because you're quote-unquote free doesn't mean you're available. Oh, gosh, but I just I, – I can't. I'm always just like, yep. Yeah. Actually, Wednesday I'm free. Let's do Wednesday night. And then before I know it, I've got everything booked. Yeah. Yeah. It's about that shift, I think, from looking at rest as something that needs to be earned and like as an occasional reward rather than something that just needs to be built in regularly into yeah. our everyday weeks. Like that rest isn't an occasional reward. Mm. It's actually essential. And on this topic, we would the other thing we were discussing is around using your annual leave. I'm going to say uh, it again yeah, for yeah. the people in the back. Use your annual leave. And I was going to say personal passion of mine, using my <laughs> annual leave. I literally, I mean like a leave deficit constantly. I've purchased annual leave before, also recommend mm-hmm. doing that. And we've all we've all worked with that person who's like in the lift well at work lamenting because they're being forced to take their leave because they've oh, accrued 12, disgusting. 14, 16, 18, however many weeks. And it's kind of like, well, how much time have you given up doing things you love for a job that I doesn't care about you. Uh, yeah. That gives me the ick. You know, take your leave. Who doesn't want to take their leave? I, I don't understand it. It's like you have – four and four weeks it blows my mind. I'm like, that is not enough time. We not shouldn't be time. at work for the rest of the year. So hence, no. you know, my creative stretching of my leave. But, like, there's actually research into the impacts of taking regular holidays mm. and how much, you know – regular breaks throughout the year are almost more important than just taking one standalone break. Like I think mm. some people just they, they t- might take the Christmas week or two off. Yeah, and they'll take four weeks at Christmas and then not take any time throughout and the rest of the year. And they just work for the rest of the year? Like that blows know. my mind. I don't know. Yeah, it's a struggle. But, yeah, this study did show that basically health and well-being increased very quickly the moment people started on vacation and it peaked around day eight. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting because it essentially showed that a longer holiday than eight days didn't really have any significantly measurable positive impact mm-hmm. um and i think that just speaks to exactly what you just said around you know more regular breaks are almost better for your mental health long term the same research did say though that once you return back to work kind of slumps. their benefits <laughs> fall straight off so that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> sad but hence why you have to book the next holiday because it's also another study that it was um by the journal of so it was in the sorry journal of psychology and health and it talked about that in the weeks leading up to a break stressful experiences had less of an elevating effect on heart rate um while employees were performing their daily duties so it was talking to the way that 
there are benefits before a holiday. Yeah, just knowing during, it's coming. Yeah, and just that that like um, that beautiful excitement. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, before I'm sure we can all relate. And just just meant that just knowing you've got a holiday coming up um, can put your body in a more relaxed state all round. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, yeah, that same study showed that people who took more holidays each year had a, a lower chance of developing metabolic syndrome. So mm-hmm. a set of conditions around, um, basically, that increase your likelihood of developing heart disease, diabetes, and stroke. So mm-hmm. people taking leave increases your physical health <laughs> it's good for you <laughs> yeah and it also doesn't have to be for long periods of time like I'm uh-huh. a big advocate of just booking a random Monday random Friday you know especially during that period mm-hmm. in between is it Anzac Day and for those of us in Victoria Grand Final Weekend we have like a three-month stint virtually with no public holidays and it's dark and it's cold like take you know a long mm-hmm. weekend here and there it's just so nice and I think taking a Monday is better than a Friday in Agreed. my opinion Agreed. it's nice to start the week on a Tuesday yeah, and also you kind of you if you're gonna take a Friday, chances are you end up logging on in the morning and finishing things off. Mm. But if you get everything done Friday, you've got the Saturday and the Sunday to relax, and then that beautiful feeling on a Sunday night when you're like, I don't have to go to work tomorrow, I don't yeah. have to log in tomorrow. No Sunday artist. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, Sunday scary. <laughs> Sunday scary. That's it. It's Monday artist. It's not Sunday scary. And no Monday artist either. Yeah. And we're not just talking about annual leave, but Mm. also talking about your sick leave. So uh, this is where I need to take my own advice. But, um, you know, if you don't pick a day to take a rest when you're not feeling – to rest when you're not feeling it, your body is inevitably going to choose it for you. So Mm -hmm. We've all been there. Yeah, and I think we all fall into the sort of – again, that sort of culture of feeling like you have to be at death's door before you can take a day off. And rather than – there's so many days where I wake up and I'm just exhausted and I think, oh, I pushed through and I have a terrible day. It's like I should have just taken the day off, Mm -hmm. rest. Like being tired and burnt out is is a reason to take a sick day. Yeah, and also I think with COVID and working from home, it's become even blurrier oh, around. Definitely. Like we all just – you can just lie on your bed with your laptop and there's the whole, oh, I might just lie down for a bit. I'll see how I feel later. And you try and log back on and you, you sort of do – bits and pieces but I've done that and I have drawn out sickness because I haven't rested so now my practice is I'm not feeling great mm. like certain threshold I'm not you know we all need a bit of resilience and push through when we need to but mm. um if I'm not well I'll actually take the day and ignore like if I can totally switch off try and rest do nothing sleep you know eat good food mm. and I find you just bounce back so much quicker yeah and there shouldn't be any shame or stigma in taking sick days I reckon I don't know if it's an, perhaps an older generational thing but the whole oh I've never ever taken sick days you know like yeah. it's like cool story but like how many other people have you been have you made sick when you've gone to colds with your works gone to work with your colds <laughs> and, um, and like your productivity can't be that great and also they're there to take mm. you're entitled to them you're allowed to be sick yeah, that's why you get them every year. And and you don't get paid out <laughs> at no, the end when depressing. you leave. So you may as well use them while you're there. Mm-hmm. Obviously when you're sick when you're sick and when you need them. But Yeah. But um, also mental health days. Mm-hmm. Like that you don't have to label them as that. You can take a sick day. But if you're really run down, tired, you're you might be feeling anxious, you might just be battling a little bit with your mood and um, your mental health. Like I think that I like that it's becoming more normal to be able to do yeah. that. I know I did it in COVID. I actually took a mental health day. Um, I was just in the thick of lockdowns. I was mm. working from home. I was just really struggling with like sort of mood fluctuations and things. And I just – and I was doing you know, like a media job at the time and just the constant onslaught. Like just basically I had to be across what was happening, what was running in the news all day every day and just – was feeling very um, over it mm. and actually was like, I just need a day. And I think a colleague had suggested I do it. Like, just take a day, don't log on. 
And I did, and I think I did some gardening, like as much as, what, what could we do? I think I played with pottery, red, did some gardening, sat in the sun, whatever we could do in lockdown. And I just went back to work, and I think it was a Wednesday, mm-hmm. went back to work on the Thursday, and I just felt so rejuvenated and so much better. Instead yeah. of like crawling through those three days and not taking that time to reset. Yeah. Sometimes you just need a day. Mm-hmm. And even if it's a day, like you say, a mental health day, because you're anxious and you just, you can, they can get some of that life admin done, or mm-hmm. you can... Do a couple of things. Sometimes you just need that. And I yep. feel like that's what our personal sick days should be for. I like that. Mm-hmm. Our next one was around self-compassion. Mm. And this is also something that I need to oh, improve me too, on. Tegan, me too. Um, but it's that whole idea of not being so hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think it just part of it's part of the human experience. We're always so hard on ourselves. And we often critique ourselves. We're really mean to ourselves. We're nasty to ourselves. And often the way we talk to ourselves is not the way that we would talk to a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're the only ones that are with us all day, every day. Yeah. And we need to, yeah. And our bodies can't tell the difference. I was listening to this thing the other day and it was around how when you're feeling, when you're talking to your body in a negative way, like mm. those words, words have meaning. And if you're constantly, I guess it's similar to the negative thoughts and, and gratitude thoughts we were talking about at the start. Like if you're constantly saying these things to yourself and it becomes your reality and your truth and like there's just so much to be said, I think, for the way um, the way we speak to ourselves and I'm saying this to myself as much as anyone listening because I'm as guilty as, any, as anyone um, of, you know, talking down on myself. Maybe I've made bad food choices and I just start to beat myself up. I'm getting better at it. Mm. Um, and part of that, like, it doesn't have to be positive, build yourself up, self-talk, you know, like, we're not always going to be able to do that. But maybe it's just more of a neutrality where, you know, we just like, this is just how it is today and I'm fine with it. Just yeah. getting on with the day. Yeah. We're not like, oh, I'm the worst and I haven't done this and I haven't done that. Mm. It's like, all right, I'm having not a great day. Mm. It's all right. I'll come to terms with that mm. and just get on with it. Yeah, this is something I've actually talked to a psychologist about in the past or it's come up when I've seen them in the past. Um, and one of the things that they suggested for me was about a self-compassion moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of exactly what you said. So it wasn't about countering negative self-talk with positive self-talk, but it was sort of a three-step process. So the first one was around acknowledging. So it might be just say you've had a really hectic period of life and you feel like you – um, maybe haven't been be able to devote 110% to your work because you've got lots of things going on in your personal life. And so you might then find yourself thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so unproductive. I'm so terrible. I'm falling behind. Everyone's going to get annoyed with me. I'm missing deadlines. I suck. I'm going to lose my job. It can kind of spiral in mm. that. So instead it would be reframing that to sort of say, well, I've actually, I'm going through a really, really hard time. There's lots of things outside of work that are out of my control and that's impacting my ability to perform at work. The next part is around um, then common humanity or finding common humanity. So you might say something to yourself along the lines of anyone, other people who have gone through something similar have would have faced these same challenges. It's part of the normal human experience. And then the last part is around saying or doing something nice to yourself. So, you know, saying you're doing the best you can. Mm-hmm. It could be as simple as that. Um, and then, yeah, the sale doing, the doing something nice to yourself, it could be maybe like giving yourself a hug and that mm-hmm. sounds like a bit woo woo. <laughs> no, it could be it. even like just clasping your hands together as mm-hmm. you're talking through that. It could be going and doing one of the things we said earlier in this um, episode. So maybe going for a walk, going and sitting and having a cup, cup of tea in the sun or something like that. Buying but sort of flowers. Buying yourself yeah. flowers. Yes. But it's sort of a way of just kind of when you're falling into that very self-critical spiral, which isn't helpful. It's a way of just sort of bringing it back to go. I'm having all of these thoughts and feelings for a reason and mm-hmm. it's okay and yep. I'm, I'm okay. 
Yeah. I love that. That's a really good little three-step process. I'm obviously not a psychologist, but no, I found it helpful. I love it. (laughs) Another massive one is sleep. Yes. How's your sleep going, (laughs) Tease? Oh, my sleep is up and down. Um, But one of the things I do really try and do, and I know when I'm really diligent with it, is creating and following a nighttime routine. And I know that when I do that and I'm really consistent with it, my sleep is so much better. Mm. So what do you do for your nighttime routine? So for me, it's really about trying to put my phone away, Mm. you know, a good hour, hour and a half before bed, doing my skincare routine, maybe having a shower or a bath, whatever, you know, floats my boat that day. Love it, love (laughs) Um, a pre-bed shower. Getting into my pyjamas and then maybe hopping into bed and reading or perhaps even maybe watching a show with Sean, if we're watching a series or something like that. But trying to be pretty intentional about mm. screen time at that point. And in not the being evening. distracted by your phone if you're watching that show. Yeah. 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 I also find I often have powdered magnesium before bed, which mm. I find really helps, especially if I've been doing a lot of like being in the gym a lot, like helps with that muscle recovery. And then the biggest thing for me is really just trying to actually go to sleep at a reasonable time. Mm. So not letting myself sort of get overtired. Mm-hmm. And I find if I do that, and I'm consistent, my sleep is so much better. Yes, I refer to it as my wind down, which mm. sounds so old lady. But like uh, we'll have our cup of tea every night. Um, and then at some point, generally, if it's if it's approaching 9 o'clock, if it's like kind of post 8.30, I start to be like, oh, probably should start my wind down. Yeah, I feel the same. <laughs> yes. But I mean, I'm like, let's note, I do get up early, so I'm not like spending 12 hours in bed. Mm. Um, but I need it. I'm just not a night owl and I'm a morning person and I just yeah need that sleep. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just, it makes a difference. Like I'll put on my diffuser and put on some nice, put some nice oils in the diffuser and like go through my little thing as well. And it's just, it does make a difference rather than that mad rush around. Then you just suddenly plop yourself in bed and you're like, your brain's running a hundred miles an hour yeah. and you then take ages to get to sleep anyway. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even have to be that your sleep, your nighttime routine is an hour long or whatever. No. It could even just be five minutes before you get into bed. It could just be that you wash your face, brush your teeth hop into bed and try to read two or three pages of a book or you hop into bed and you drink a cup of tea or whatever it may be. But I think trying to prioritise your sleep is such a critical self-care tool Mm. and it's obviously sometimes easier said than done and there's lots of things that can have impact on it. But there's so much research out there that shows if you're getting consistent, good quality sleep, just the significant benefit Mm -hmm. that has on your mental and physical health. And the opposite, the the detrimental health impacts Mm. of, uh, it's like probably just the number one thing that can impact overall health and wellbeing and longevity and all those things. So it's like, let's prioritize our sleep, please. And don't they also say that sort of every, you kind of accumulate like a sleep debt. Yes. So if you're consistently getting really, really poor sleep, it's like at some point your body's going to have to catch back up again. Mm -hmm. So it's, it can really become like a bit of death by a thousand cuts. If you are consistently for, you know, months and months, weeks and weeks, years and years on end having Mm -hmm. bad sleep um, and you don't sort of do what you can to reset it, reset, rebuild. Yeah. It can be really hard to get back to like a healthy baseline. Yeah, that's it. Mm. And sort of on that, you touched on it with, you know, having time away from your phone, but it's about carving out that time to unplug, I guess. And whether that is your phone, if it's the internet, the TV, but just that screen time and that constant bombardment of notifications. Like I sometimes just put my phone on Do Not Disturb just because all those little red things on my apps just can do my head in. You know, when you're in that frame Mm -hmm. of mind, I've basically turned off notifications. I've done the same. Yeah, for Mm -hmm. all things. Uh, I'll I'll get text messages, but Instagram, when I choose to go in there, I'll see notifications. Mm-hmm. Messenger, when I choose to go in, um, whatever else there is. Uh, I put time limits on my apps as well. So does like it work Instagram though? and things. Sometimes, I mean, you can go ignore, but ignore it, does, <laughs> it does remind me. So I've set it for like no more than an hour a day, mm. which is still 
like a decent amount of time. How do you find you? Do you hit that every day? Because I think I would, I would hit that. Some days I do, some days I don't. But I also have it come on for all apps other than I think text messages and something mm. else at 9 p.m. That's every really night, and it automatically puts my phone on do not disturb. That's and good. I've just got a few set numbers that yeah. it allows through. That's um, always my stress. I'm like, what if someone needs to call me? Yeah, but you can do it. You can be like, if it'll let them through they call you more than twice in a five minute period and there's also the notify anyway button on iphones isn't there and then you can set people you can you can actually designate numbers that can get through that yeah sometimes when i'm on call for work though like i want to put it on do not disturb but i also need phone calls to come through so i'm sure there's a way Mm. i can edit it so that phone calls is like excluded i don't know i'll look at that but yeah something really lovely about removing notifications from your life like it shouldn't it shouldn't rule you you shouldn't be like oh it's flashing and you have to look at it even when you're like having a conversation with someone and your phone's sitting there it's distracting it's so distracting yeah and like for me I'm like I want to be able to choose when I'm using mm-hmm. when I'm being alerted to these things on social media text text, text messaging and phone calls yeah. are different but um but yeah that phone free time before bed can make such a huge difference yeah. I really need to work on this I've been really bad I'm like yeah. on my phone in bed I see I get into bed with a book and my phone I'm like before I read I'm just going to catch up on these things and then I do it till I'm sleepy and then I'm putting my phone down and sleeping I'll also listen to something usually before bed, yeah. which I like doing. But I don't read the book because mm-hmm. I'm just too busy by – all distracted by the notifications because I'm going yep. into apps and I'm scrolling reels. Yep. It's a slippery slope. I actually <sighs> had an entirely phone-free day last Saturday. Mm. And, I mean, I w- – I missed you, Tegan. I did go on it a little <laughs> bit. Like, I did touch – like, check in the morning just because we were away for the weekend. So, I just checked some messages similarly in the afternoon. But pre- majority – I reckon I would have spent less than 10 minutes on my phone that entire mm-hmm. day. And it feels a bit disconcerting because I feel yeah. like you automatically just reach for it. It's Constantly. a bit revealing. It's a bit frightening, to be honest. The more that I have any kind of boredom, I like... Yeah, we just have no idea how to entertain ourselves these days. But we were out, we were active all day, you know, we went on some lovely hikes and everything. And it was just so nice just to have a day away mm-hmm. from from phones. So you can find some time to get that, you know, even though it's just a half a day or a couple of mm-hmm. hours, you know, definitely would recommend. That's it. The next one I love, and it's spending time with people who fill your cup. Mm. Spending time with loved ones, but, you know, the friends that actually charge you up, not the people that drain you. Because that, as much as some time alone is can be great for self-care, I think also time with friends, time laughing. Mm. Oh, yes, laughing. Yeah, so and good. laughing with good Makes friends. such like, a difference. My favourite thing in the world. Like just Absolutely. having good food, good friends, good laughter. Mm-hmm. And how good do you feel afterwards? Like You feel rejuvenated so and your cup is full. I still think back to our um, South Australia t- oh, trip constantly. last <laughs> August and we. I feel like for four days we just laughed non-stop. Yep. It was just... So the good. happiest four days yeah. ever. And it was beautiful food, beautiful wine, fun adventures. Probably weren't on our phones much. Like, no. you know, it's just that quality time with people. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think this goes back to what we were talking about before about protecting your time and that, mm. you know, if you are having a really hectic week and you've got a little bit of spare time and someone's asking to see you, maybe think carefully about who that person is. Mm-hmm. It's not to say that that person isn't wonderful and you don't enjoy spending time with them, but some people are just more draining <laughs> to be yeah. around yeah. than others. And, you know, or some people will expect more in that time than you might have to give that day. So I think it's just about, yeah, being intentional. Our time is, you know, that's precious. Yeah. That's what I was trying mm. to say. Yeah. 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 Another one is around, I guess it's more around in your per, uh, around protecting your personal boundaries and like asking for help when you need it, not being afraid to do that, um, ask for help, ask for support, speak up if you're not okay. Like it's those sorts of protections you can take or, you know, on the flip side, setting boundaries for when you, you've had enough of, you know, like you said, it's depending on the people in your life. If you need to maybe draw some some boundaries, it's just around 
having some some lines, I guess, of safety around you. Yeah. I think asking for help is a big one because mm. I think, again, that social media just makes it seem like everyone's lives are just rosy and great and it's a highlight reel. And so it can feel like in times when you're struggling that, again, you can fall into that poor like self-critical step of going, oh, well, I just need to get over it. Everyone else is fine. And then mm-hmm. people don't ask for help when they need it. So I think it's just, yeah, that reminder to say, we reach out to someone and say, I'm really struggling or I'm just, mm-hmm. can you help me? get on top of a few a couple of things I'm just not even if it's just talking some like someone th- through all the things that you have to do and just mm-hmm. asking for help to prioritize them yeah or I maybe you're a new mum and you need a meal or you know mm. someone to look after your kids for a little bit or like and you know we're all think about it if any of your friends asked you for that you'd be honored and happy you'd jump at the opportunity like I love it when I can actually be of use and yeah. and I know but I know I feel bad when I ask for help and you feel yeah. guilty but like I don't know why we do because you know if if it the roles are reversed. Mm. We're so happy to step yeah. in and help a friend. It's really wild to think that we're so happy to give of ourselves to others, but then we feel we almost don't deserve to have others give to us. Yes. It's such a weird thing. But it is. Yes, definitely asking for help. And our last one is really around, and it kind of feeds in, I suppose, to the last couple, but not settling for less than you deserve. Yes. And I feel like it is easier said than done, mm-hmm. but really by settling for, and this could be, anything it could be you know big in a relationship it could be a job it could be a job it could be you know behavior that you're you know at the you're receiving from Mm -hmm. other people um and you're just putting it to the side but it's not setting a boundary yeah yeah. having having an impact but basically by settling for those things what you're doing is disrespecting yourself Mm. um and and reinforcing those feelings of i don't deserve this i'm not good enough yeah and that that little voice inside our head that can um that is not telling the truth that we need to call out, yeah, and allowing other people to um, to reinforce those thoughts rather than surrounding ourselves with the people that mm. are going to build us up and treat us the way we actually deserve, yeah. or a job that's going, you know, that um, that we are worthy of, or being in a relationship with someone that's loving us the way we deserve. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, we hope that you got something out of those. We ended up covering off, I think, ten. I know I did. Too. I should be taking notes. There's so many of these things I need to work on. Phones. Yeah. Oh, so many. <laughs> yes. Talk. Like, it's definitely a reminder for us just yes. as much as we hope it has been helpful for you. But we'd love to hear what your ultimate self-care hacks are. And um, before you end the episode, we would also love if you could jump over to Instagram and TikTok and give us a follow on um we're just the brunch files.podcast on both those platforms. And if you could also on the uh, podcast platform you're listening to click the follow button, that's like a really, really big way to support our show if you're enjoying it. So we so appreciate that. We get so excited when we get any kind of followers or li- or likes. We like text each other. We got a new follower. Like it's I actually know, we've like, had a couple in the last few weeks. <laughs> yes, so it makes exciting. us so happy. Yes, but thank you as always for listening and we will catch you in the next one. Bye. The Brunch Files would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands on which we live, meet, work and play, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging, and of course any First Nations peoples who may be listening today. This podcast is all about the adventures, stories and laughs of being a woman in her 30s. While we strive to entertain and share relatable experiences, please remember that our content is purely for fun and shouldn't be taken too seriously, and it's definitely not professional advice. Life is a wild ride and everyone's journey is unique. We believe that laughter is the best policy and we're just here to spread some joy.